This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. In the 2016 Summer Olympics, Islam el-Shahabi, an Egyptian former Judica, made headlines when he refused to shake the hand of his Israeli competitor, or Sasson, who had defeated him. The Disciplinary Committee of the International Olympic Committee issued a severe reprimand for violating the rules of fair play and acting against the spirit of friendship embodied in the Olympic values. The Egyptian was loudly booed and jeered by the crowd and eventually resigned from judo. We all know that you shouldn't be a sore loser. But what about being a sore winner? Also in the 2016 Olympics, in the women's 5,000 meters race, Abby D'Agostino of the United States stumbled and fell when she tripped over New Zealand competitor Nikki Hamblin. Abby helped Nikki to her feet. Get up, get up, we have to finish, the American said. This is the Olympic Games, we have to finish this. The two runners did get up and finish, although well behind the other runners. Neither woman won the Olympics, but it was an incredible gesture of sportsmanship. Abby gave up her chance to win, to reach out and help her competitor. Judaism teaches us that we should be gracious losers as well as gracious winners. In the Torah this week, we learn of the historic splitting of the Red Sea as the Jewish people exultantly and triumphantly left the land of Egypt. The Talmud recounts that the angels were so ecstatic when the Egyptians drowned that they approached God wanting to sing songs of praise. But God responded to them and said, the works of my hands are drowning in the sea and you wish to sing songs? It's a beautiful question, but one cannot help but notice that the Jewish people certainly did sing songs as God's creatures drowned in the sea. In fact, the song at the sea became incorporated into the daily prayer service of the Jewish people. If we should be so sensitive to the loss of life, then why were the Jewish people not only allowed to, but honored for their song at the sea? Weren't they being sore winners? The truth is that there is a sense of justice when the wicked are punished. Justice and honor to God have been restored in the universe. It is good for people to see that evil cannot prevail. But that is not the same thing as celebrating a person's death, even the death of an evil person. The Jewish people were allowed to celebrate because they themselves had been saved in a miraculous display, and they had an enormous debt of gratitude for that. The angels did not have that same reason. For them, it was simply joy for the destruction of the wicked, and that, God said, was not appropriate. I remember clearly when the United States captured Osama bin Laden on May 2, 2011. It was hard to know whether it was appropriate to celebrate or not. On the one hand, Osama was the leader of al-Qaeda, which had perpetrated the September 11 terrorist attack on the United States and inflicted terror on the world. On the other hand, every human being 
is created in the image of God. In President Obama's historic speech that day, he recounted the trajectory from September 2001 until the capture of Osama bin Laden nearly a decade later. Nowhere in his speech do we see exultation or celebration at having killed this larger-than-life leader on whom the FBI had put a $25 million bounty. Instead, he recounted the grief and ensuing unity of September 11th. He said, The American people did not choose this fight. It came to our shores and started with a senseless slaughter of our citizens. After nearly 10 years of service, struggle, and sacrifice, we know well the cost of war. These efforts weigh on me every time I, as commander-in-chief, have to sign a letter to a family that has lost a loved one or looked into the eyes of a service member who has been gravely wounded. The president's speech struck that balance between justice and grief. He concluded his speech by saying, The cause of securing our country is not complete. But tonight, we are once again reminded that America can do whatever we set our mind to. That is the story of her history, whether it's the pursuit of prosperity for people or the struggle for equality for all our citizens, our commitment to stand up for our values abroad, and our sacrifices to make the world a safer place. Let us remember that we can do those things not just because of wealth or power, but because of who we are. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. There were certainly those who did celebrate the death of Osama bin Laden. There are also those, unfortunately, who celebrate in the streets with music and dancing and distribution of sweets when there is a terror attack on our beloved country of Israel. This is not humane, and this is not humanity. Gratitude to God for the restoration of justice is the Jewish response. Partying when someone has died is not. When someone terrible dies or gets punished, the joy should be tempered by sadness. What a profound loss of human potential. We can't lose sight of the fact that this human being squandered the most precious gift a person has. Life. There is a fascinating story in the Talmud of Rabbi Meir and his wife Beria. Rabbi Meir was a second-century rabbi and scholar who was being attacked by thugs in his neighborhood. He decided to pray that they would die. But his wife was not satisfied with this. She quoted to him a verse in Psalms where King David says, Let sins be uprooted from the earth and the wicked will be no more. Bruria pointed out to her husband that it doesn't say that the sinners should be uprooted. It says that the sins should be uprooted. In other words, she was telling Rabbi Meir that you shouldn't pray for evil people to die. You should pray for them to reform their ways. He followed his wife's advice, and the neighborhood hooligans changed their ways just as his prayer had asked. Broria understood that while God neither denies nor limits free will— and each human being can choose good or bad, 
people do not truly desire to be evil. They are mixed up and misled and compelled by their darkest impulses. Nobody is beyond reform, and nobody is beyond hope. Celebrating at the death of a wicked person is not the Jewish way. What a loss of potential. What a disappointing end. We all know not to be a sore loser, but in a way, I think it's harder to not be a sore winner. It's hard not to gloat when the people we dislike are taken down a peg. It's hard not to be smug when someone arrogant gets a lesson they deserve. But I think it's important to remember that the highest side of humanity emerges when we remember that every human being is created in the image of God. Every human being started out as a newborn innocent baby, a clean slate upon which to write the story of their lives. A life that when sour should be mourned, even when that person consciously squandered all their limitless potential and clouded the light of their divinity. And let's remember that each one of us should also not give up on ourselves. No matter how badly we are flawed, and no matter how many mistakes we've made, we too are never hopeless. We can always get back in touch with that perfect, shining soul that exists within each human being. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.